And it will come about that fishermen will stand beside it from Engedi to Engillam. And there will be a place for the spreading of nets. And their fish will be according to their kind, like the fish of the great sea, very many. I want to just give you a title for this tonight. Everything shall live where the river flows. Can you read that? Can you say that with me tonight? Everything shall live where the river flows. Say that again. Everything shall live where the river flows. Listen, where the anointing flows, life comes with it. We read it this morning. There the Lord has commanded blessing and life forevermore. Father, we thank you tonight for the presence and anointing of the Spirit of God, which is on every one of our lives. We are conscious this morning, this evening, that we can do nothing apart from your power and presence in our life. And so we come with a hunger and a thirst to see more of you and to have more of you in every aspect of our conduct and of every decision that we make. I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay this evening to preach the word of the living God. And I ask you to anoint this congregation that they might receive the word and put it to work in their life. We ask that in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated this evening and keep your Bible open if you can. I want you to notice some things as we study this passage of Scripture together. What is Ezekiel seeing? He is seeing the temple of God that is going to exist in the city of Jerusalem in the millennial era and uh, in the ages to come uh, for the church and for the world. Lo que Ezequiel está viendo aquí es que él está viendo el tabernáculo, el templo, que estará en Jerusalén, en, uh, aquí en la tierra, en, lo, en los años del milenio, en el cual uh, gobernará nuestro Señor Jesucristo, así también hacia la eternidad. And so what Ezekiel sees is the house of God. What makes the house of God special is not the house itself, but the fact that God lives there. And that's what makes any house of God special. A church is not a church simply because we call it that. A church is a church because it's where God dwells. And your life, uh, your, your body, I mentioned this morning, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So what makes you special, what makes you powerful, what makes you efficient, what makes you a threat to hell itself is that you are a residing place for the Spirit of God. Say amen, somebody. And where the Spirit of God dwells, things happen in an extraordinary way. Now, as many of the things Ezekiel saw, I can't take the time to talk about tonight. But I do want to describe this river that he saw. He saw a river that flowed out of the threshold of the house of God. Ezequiel vio un río que fluía desde la puerta de la casa de Jehová. This, uh, this uh, river flowed out of the eastern gate of the house of God. Esta puerta fluía desde la puerta de el este de la casa de Dios. And in another verse he says that it trickled out of the side gates on the south side. It trickled off to the sides. También este río uh, como que se derramaba al lado sur y norte de la casa de Jehová. Just a few weeks ago I had a, a real short little cough that um, was making it hard for me to speak. So I asked uh, Sister Manny to give me a cup of water to put here in the pulpit. Now I usually have my bottled water, but that would take too long for me to get to this little quick, uh, little cough. So I needed the cup so I could be uh, able to reach it. And then when I got excited preaching, I spilled the water. 
Um, and so I felt it tip over into the pulpit, and then I'm standing over here to the side, and I'm preaching, but my eye is looking to see if the pulpit is draining uh, water uh, because I didn't want you guys to think it was a miracle and then come up here and start anointing yourself uh, because the, the, the pulpit was crying. But that's basically what, what uh, Ezekiel saw. He saw this river coming out of the threshold, and the sides of the house were just flowing over with water. I want you to notice a few things. Uh, first of all, this river was coming through the eastern gate. Now, if you know the, the layout of the tabernacle, the tabernacle and the temple were laid out in the same way. And the house, uh, the, the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, the centerpiece of the temple and tabernacle, was on the western side of the house of God. El tabernáculo era edificado de tal forma que la parte de atrás era la parte del oeste de la casa del Señor. Y ahí estaba el arca del pacto. And when you read the Old Testament, I want you to notice this. When you read the Old Testament, anytime you read about somebody going east, they're leaving the will of God. And anytime you read about somebody going west, they're coming back into the will of God. Those of you who took the tabernacle class that I taught a few semesters ago at Bethel, you know what I'm talking about. The Bible said that Jacob journeyed east as he left the will of God, and then as he came back into the will of God, he came west again. And uh, we know uh, throughout the scripture that this model appears, and, and it's the Holy Spirit basically giving us a little clue as to where people are going and the direction that they are in. I hope tonight that everybody is moving west. Because west is in the direction of God's presence. But you know the house of God faced east. Why does the house of God face toward people that are outside of the will of God? Because God is so good. God is so gracious that he wants the door of his house to be facing in the very direction of the lost. In the very direction of people who have lost their way. So that when they start walking west, when they start walking back toward the, the direction of God, they're going to find an open door. Well, this river was flowing toward the east. That means that God wanted to flood those eastern places, those places that were outside of his will, those places that were running from him, those places that had um, rejected him. He wants to flood them with the river of life because the only way that you can have life is if, is the, is if the river reaches you. Because the Bible said that everywhere the river goes, there will be life. And so it doesn't matter where you are tonight. If you will get in the river, you can have life. You can be on the far east side. You can be as backslidden as backslidden gets. But if you get in the river, you can be saved, restored, and renewed, and have a new start and a fresh beginning with God. And I want you to notice this because this river represents three things that God is, do is doing and is going to do in the world. First of all, this river, the Bible said that it flowed and it just started to cover more and more ground. And we read in the scriptures that the, the prophet Habakkuk says that the glory of God is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So first of all, we understand that this river represents the glory of God covering the whole earth. Do you know this? The glory of God is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Do you realize that the waters are heavy over the sea? The, the oceans are vast 
in the amount of water that is in them. And so will be the glory of God in this world. Listen, friends, God is going to get the glory out of this place. God is going to get the glory out of this earth. You might look around and you see confusion and chaos and sin and debauchery. You see ruinous and wreckage. But I'll tell you this, none of that is going to stop the fact that God is going to get glory out of this world. And the glory of God is going to cover the earth. And it's going to cover you and me and everybody in it. And tonight, if you will get in the river, God wants to glory, uh, bring glory out of your life. I told you the other night that we were created for the glory of God. And so God desires and designed you to bring him glory. The prophet Isaiah said it like this. He said, oh Lord, your name and your fame is the desire of my soul. Listen, church, my desire is not to make Isaac de los Santos famous. My desire is not to make Kingsway Church famous. My desire is to make Jesus famous in this city because his name and his fame is the desire of our soul. It is what we want to preach and proclaim. And this means that the testimony of God's goodness is going to cover the earth. I believe that I can speak prophetically this morning or this evening and, and say that this year you're going to see the glory of God covering your life. That this year you're going to see the goodness of God covering over your life. Shout amen if you believe that. Now the second thing that this river represents, it represents the coverage of the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This river represents the fact that the gospel of the kingdom, Jesus said, is going to be preached in the whole world, in every nation, and then the end will come. Listen, God is not a God for whites. He is not a God for blacks. He's not a God for Mexicans. He's not a God for Costa Ricans. He is a God for the whole world, and his gospel is going to cover all of the nations of the earth. Somebody shout amen. He wants to cover every heart and every life with the gospel, with the good news. And the day is coming when every last ethnic group in the world will hear the gospel. You know, there are about 6,000 languages in the world, and about 2,500 of them have a, a Bible in their language. Uh, another thousand or so of them have a New Testament or some fragment of the scripture in their language, but they still there still remain about 2,500 or so languages of the earth that have yet to hear the uh, are uh, yet to have a Bible in their language, and many of them have yet to hear the name of Jesus. But you know, every last one of them is going to know who Jesus is. Every last one of them is going to know that Jesus saves, that Jesus heals, that Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And this gospel of the kingdom is going to reach every last nook and cranny of this world because this world belongs to Jesus, and this world will come to know him as Lord say amen somebody now this final thing that the river represents it represents the ministry of the Holy Spirit the ministry of the Holy Spirit which is to cover the whole earth and God today is filling people with his spirit even 2,000 years after the day of Pentecost, there are still people being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. There are still people empowered by the anointing of the Spirit of God. Why? Because God is going to cover the earth with the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he's using the church to do that. He's using me and you to do that. 
So let me just serve notice. You guys aren't going to stay in Beeville forever. Some of you might. But others of you, God is going to take to the nations of the world because there is a gospel to preach. There is an anointing to deliver. There is a a power that you have that needs to be brought to the nations of the world. Somebody ought to get excited tonight because you and I were not just called to sit and warm the pew. God has work for you to do. Somebody say, the anointing. Fall on me. You see, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is for every person in here. Jesus said it like this. He said, this promise is for you. That means you, every single person, has a promise of God over their life. And that promise is the promise of the Holy Spirit. You might say, well, pastor, I'm kind of scared of speaking in tongues. I'm kind of scared of that, you know, jerky stuff that I see people do. Pastor, I see some people fall out on the floor. I'm a little I'm a little concerned about that. Don't worry about any of that. That's not what the Holy Spirit is. That's just uh, those things are the effect of the Spirit of God in your life. And when you do get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you do speak in another tongue, it will be the most amazing experience you ever did have. And you won't worry what anybody else thinks. You won't care what anybody else thinks because you will be under the power of the Almighty God. And you know that if you want to pray effectively, if you want to preach effectively, if you want to worship effectively, you need the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. Say it again. Anointing. Fall on me. Now, Ezekiel sees all of this, and the Bible said that a messenger, an angel, started taking him on a tour of this river. And I want you to just go with me on this little tour uh, tonight, because these are some important things that we can learn from this vision. First of all, we understand that the, the angel took him a thousand cubits into the, uh, into the river. Now, if you don't know what a cubit is, this really doesn't have anything to do with the message. If you know or don't know what a cubit is, it doesn't matter. But a cubit was the length of the reigning monarch's elbow to finger, all right? So whatever the kings uh, measured from his elbow to his, to his index or to his uh, middle finger, that was a cubit. Generally, it's about 18 inches or so long. So we're looking about... 1,800 inches of distance that he goes into this river. And the scripture says that when, when Ezekiel walked into the waters that were overflowing out of the threshold of the house of God, that the water came up to his ankles. And so we begin to see the first place and the first level that God wants the anointing to flow in your life. We talked this morning about the head and how important that is. So I want to finish that uh, that trajectory that we were on and give you an understanding of what it means for your feet to be anointed. You see, God wants you to get your feet wet. Say amen. You and I could be like Ezekiel and just stand on the outside and say, well, you know, that's nice. That's cool. I'm glad they got blessed. But God wants you to get in the river. And he wants you to get your feet wet. He wants you to experience what he has prepared for you and so, first of all, we see that the wetting of, of uh, Ezekiel's feet, it, it, it represents the fact that God was giving purpose and direction to his life. Cuando vemos que Ezequiel entra al río, vemos que sus pies están en el río, y el agua está hasta el tobillo. Ahí vemos que Dios quiere, en este nivel de nuestra vida, darnos la unción del Espíritu Santo, la cual dirige nuestro caminar. Do you know that we each need the anointing of the Holy Spirit in order to direct the way that we walk? 
the direction that we go in. Can I just tell you, don't ever go anywhere. Don't make a big decision. Don't make a big, uh, a big choice in your life without getting the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will say yay and the Holy Spirit will say nay if you will listen to him. And if you will just wait on him before you take that step. Before you walk out into the unknown, just wait on him. He will direct your path. That's what the Bible tells us. It tells us that if we will look holy to God, that he will direct our path. And God wants to direct the path of his children. The next thing we see is that this anointing that comes upon your feet is an anointing for possession. The first part of it is an anointing for direction. But the second part of it is that it is an anointing for possession. You know what God told Moses? He said, every place that the foot of my children uh, steps will become theirs. Now, um, that really uh, it needs a little explanation because I, I believe really what, what the text is saying is that God told Moses, every place that my people pursue will become theirs. You see, you have to pursue the purpose of God over your life. And so he says, every place where the feet of my people tread, that's going to become theirs. But you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to grant you possession to those places in your life that you're dreaming of. How many of you have a dream? How many of you have a vision? Well, God says you have to pursue it. And as you will pursue in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, your steps are anointed to possess what God has given to you. To take ownership and possession of the things that God has promised into your life. And I believe this year that we're going to walk into some places where we're going to possess things that we've been dreaming about and praying about and hoping for. And you're going to walk in to the promised land that God has designed for you because there's an anointing on your feet, an anointing to open doors that have been closed in your life and to possess things that you have not yet possessed. So get your feet wet. Get your feet in the anointing. Be, re be ready to be led by the Spirit of God. Say amen, somebody. Because what you pursue, God is going to give to you. And what, when you and I are walk in faith, we're going to see God giving to us those things that we have long desired to possess. The last part uh, that I want to say about the anointing on the ankles and the feet is that this is an anointing to a new place of influence. When your feet are in the anointing, when your feet and your, your decisions are led by the Spirit of God, you come to a new place of influence with God. You come to a new place of influence with man. Listen, it's important to have influence with man. But influence with man matters nothing if you don't have influence with God. And what do you mean by influence with God, Pastor? I mean that when you talk to God, God listens to you. And when you, when you ask something of God, God knows that he can trust you with the resources he brings into your life. Can I just ask you a question? Can God trust you? Can God trust you? Can he trust you with a blessing? Can he trust you with a blessing so that when he blesses you, you don't go spend it on, uh, on uh, video games and, uh, and casinos and all of that garbage? Can God trust you when he puts a blessing in your life to see to it that his kingdom gets glory? To see to it that his kingdom advances? Come on, this is a serious question. Because if you want to have influence with God, God requires people that he can depend on. People who he can trust to be led by his spirit. 
to sit when he says sit, to run when he says run, to go when he says go, and to stop when he says stop. How many of you want a new place of influence in your life? Then God says get in the anointing. Let your feet get into the river of the anointing of the Spirit. And as you walk out into that place, you'll be going to places you haven't been before. I'm believing God to put you in places that you have not been before. I'm believing God to raise some of you up to serve in the political offices of our city. To raise you up to serve on our school board and our city council and our commissioner's court. Men and women of faith. Men and women of integrity. Men and women who know right from wrong and light from dark. Come on somebody. And for, for you to be able to do that, you're going to need the anointing of God upon the direction of your life. Now Ezekiel didn't stay there. The Bible said that in verse 4, he was taken in a thousand more cubits, and now he was in knee-deep water. Do you know that God wants to anoint your knees? How many of you need God to anoint your knees? You're having a little knee trouble. Isn't it uh, amazing how the weather can affect your knees and just remind you of uh, the fact that you're not 14 anymore? Well, God wants to anoint your knees. But there are many different things that he wants to do than just give you the agility to move your, your, your knees and your legs around. You know, when I was a little bit younger, my mom would get out of the car after a long trip and, you know, we'd be at the store or something, and she would, she would take a little while getting going. And she would say, wait up, let me warm up. And so there we'd have to, we'd have to wait with her as she walked slowly across the, uh, the parking lot, and then she'd warm up, and she was ready to go. And so and now, as I'm uh, not quite 40 but pushing it, I start to see that sometimes I get out of the car after a long trip, and i got to warm up a little bit too. And uh, I start to realize that everything in life, it depends upon having some good knees. You know, you can't run with the race that you want to run without some good, healthy, strong knees. You can't stand under pressure without having some good, healthy, strong knees. And so God wants to anoint your knees. First thing he wants to do is he wants to anoint your prayer life. He wants to anoint your prayer life so that your prayers get answered. How many of you would like your prayers to be answered? Listen, there are some things that we don't get answers to prayer on because we're not praying in the anointing. Did you know that you can pray in the flesh? Sometimes we just pray in our mind. We pray in our flesh. We pray out of what we know. And those prayers don't get very far. The Bible says this, that uh, the Holy Spirit helps our weakness because we do not know how to pray. Sometimes we just don't know how to pray. Our flesh sees things one way. And our flesh might ask God to open a door that God is trying to close. Our flesh might ask God to open a door that God wants to keep closed in our life. Listen, if, if you and I are praying in the natural, we're not going to get very far. And so God says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you in your weakness because you don't know how to pray. And the Holy Spirit's anointing is going to come upon your prayer life so that you can pray with power. 
and so that you can pray with effectiveness. The scripture tells us this, that God, by the Holy Spirit, prays through us with words and groanings that cannot be uttered. That's why you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's why you want the prayer language of tongues. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying according to the mind of God. And you know when that happens, the natural mind doesn't know what to do with that. The flesh doesn't know what to do with that. And you just got to tell your flesh, you just sit there and be quiet because I'm having a conversation with God. Next time your flesh wants to interrupt you, you just say, shh. The adults are talking right now. We've got to talk. Uh, the, the Holy Ghost and my spirit have to talk. And you just sit there and be quiet because I'm going to have an effective prayer life. You know that the Holy Spirit can pray more in one word than you can pray in a thousand words. The Holy Spirit can give power and effectiveness to your prayers. And so he wants to anoint your needs. So that your prayers are word-driven prayers. So that your prayers are spirit-anointed prayers. So that your prayers reach the heavens and rattle the very gates of hell and cause the enemy to tremble. When you get on your knees, hell st should start to shake and say, oh, here he goes again, getting on his knees to seek God. You know, sometimes God has answered some of my prayers and, and he's actually scared me with how specific his answers have been. It kind of feels a little spooky sometimes when I think about, oh, my goodness, God actually listened to me. And isn't that how we are? We believe, we, we believe God hears us when we pray, but then when he answers, we're kind of like, he's God. He's really involved in my life. Yes, sure, he's God. Sure, he's involved in your life, and he wants your prayers to be effective. He wants your prayers to be constant. You know, the Bible talks about Daniel, who when the Lord uh, sent him an answer to his prayer, the Bible said that the prince of Persia, the prince of the, uh, the principality of that area, withstood him for 21 days. Guess what we're doing? We're having a 21-day fast. And Daniel prayed for 21 days. Daniel didn't know how many days he was going to have to pray and how many days he was going to have to fast. So if you think 21 is a long time, just think about the fact that Daniel didn't even know how long this was going to take. What he did know was that he was not going to stop praying and he was not going to stop asking until the answer came into his life. And while he prayed, the Spirit of God anointed his prayers. Listen. His prayers were so effective that they assisted the angel that was bringing the message down to have the victory against the powers and principalities of darkness. When you and I pray in the power of the Spirit and in the anointing of the Spirit, we are praying with such authority that it even causes principalities and powers to make way to the word of God that is in your mouth. Say amen, somebody. Now, he not only wants to anoint your knees for prayer, but he wants to anoint your knees so that you can stand under pressure. Do you know that the Christian life will, from time to time, put you under pressure? How many of you have discovered that already? If you've been saved for five minutes, you've been under some pressure. The enemy comes against believers. You know that, don't you? The, don't be surprised when you find yourself in trials and in, in under pressure. When you find yourself under the constraints of a wicked devil trying to destroy your faith. Well, let me tell you this. In order to stand under pressure, you need some strong 
knees. The Bible tells us about that, that uh, sometimes, uh, that, I think it was Job that said, my knees were knocking together because of fear. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like the pressure so much that if you don't get some help real quick, you're going to fall under the pressure of that? Well, the Holy Spirit wants to anoint your knees so that you can stand under the pressure and stand against the wiles of the devil, to stand in the evil day. And the Bible said, having done all to stand. What does that mean? Once you've prayed, once you've fasted, once you've given, once you've invested, once you've discipled, go ahead and keep standing. And the Holy Spirit is the one that anoints your knees. He anoints your prayer life and he anoints you to stand up, up against the strain and the pressure that comes into your life. For this reason, the the prophet said, your words have supported my uh, my unstable self. And you have strengthened my faltering knees. Can I tell you tonight, if your faith is faltering, you need to get in the river. If, you are, if your strength is failing, get in the river. Get in the water of the Spirit. Get where the Spirit of God is flowing. Because that is where your strength is. That is where your strength lies. Now, in the second part of verse 4, we see that they went another thousand cubits. And this time... The, the uh, water was up to his loins. This is what we would call the waist. And so now we see another place that God wants to anoint. Now, I don't want to be too graphic about this tonight, but I have to mention it because I really feel like the Holy Spirit put this on my heart for, for me to share with you. There are two things that are going on in your loins. Now, I'm not going to be real specific about this, but I do want you to notice this. First of all, that you need the anointing of, your Holy, of the Holy Spirit on your loins because in your loins is where your bowels are. Listen, if you are walking, uh, if you are not walking with God, or if, the, if, you, if you stray from the, from the place that God has for you, you are going to find yourself with diseased bowels. That's what happened to King Jerome, who the Bible said that when he strayed from the Lord, he had a disease in his bowels, and he died of that disease. You see, your bowels are made to eliminate waste out of your life. And if they're not working, you're going to poison your body and die. You know, a lot of people are spiritually dying of spiritual bowel disease. They have held on to things that have been waste and garbage in their life. And they need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to get those things out of their life so that they can move on with, the, with what the Spirit of God wants to do in their life. And so we need the anointing of the Spirit upon our loins. The second thing that goes on in the loins is that the loins is where the reproductive capacity of man is. The ability to conceive and give birth comes forth from your loins. And so we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that we can conceive and birth spiritual things in our day and in our generation. God wants you to birth children into the kingdom. He wants you to birth ministries into the kingdom. He wants this church to birth ministries that are going to touch the nations of the world. And so we need the Holy Spirit to touch the reproductive capacity of this church and of every Christian in this church. You know every Christian in here should be producing other Christians. You said, Pastor, I thought that was your job. No, that's everyone in here's job to reproduce the faith that is in your life. 
But you know, sometimes the reproductive capacity of the Christian gets uh, diseased or gets sick. And we're not able to birth the thing that God has deposited into our lives. I thank God that he's given me a ministry that has allowed me to birth so many things. Sometimes people say, Pastor, uh, you're so busy. Listen, I, I can't help if, if I am giving, uh, if I am tending to what I have birthed. You see, God has called me to birth schools for preachers and for pastors. God has called me to birth ministries in this church. God has called me to birth literature for the body of Christ. And so, just like he's called me to give birth, God has called you to give birth. This church is a nursery where God is giving birth to gifts and callings and abilities. And he wants your reproductive capacity to come to its full potential. You know, the Bible says... That Abraham and Sarah were way past childbearing years. In fact, Abraham, scripture says, he looked at the deadness of his body and the deadness of Sarah's womb. That means they weren't having any babies anytime soon. But then the anointing came upon them. And when the anointing came upon them, they had themselves an Isaac. They began to reproduce. They began to birth what God had called into their life. Can I just give you a little clue here? Some of you over the last nine months or so have been having a lot of spiritual problems. How many of you have experienced some spiritual discomfort in the last nine months or year of your life? You can be honest. You just say, Pastor, I think you're talking about me. This last year, these last nine months have been a little tough. They've been a little strange. Uh, I haven't been feeling quite myself. Well, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, some of you are pregnant. That's why you've been uncomfortable. Because God has been growing something on the inside of you. God has been developing something on the inside of you. And this year is a year to give birth to the ministry that God has put in your life. Come on, somebody. It's time to give birth. You cannot abort what God has birthed in your life. You've got to bring it into the world. Because the world needs what God has put on the inside of you. This is the quietest Pentecostal church I've ever been in. I said you are pregnant. I said you have something to give birth to. But you know what I'm, what I'm noticing? I'm noticing that some of you are like the, the people in the days of Isaiah. They came to give birth and they didn't have the power to give birth. I just can't do it. And the Lord said, I haven't brought you to childbirthing and not given you the power to give birth. So you've got to give up on saying, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to rest a little bit. No, birth what God has put in your life. Birth the ministry that God has put in your life. Don't look two ways about it. Don't challenge what God is trying to do in your life. Stop talking yourself out of the greatness that God has for you. Somebody in this house, get excited because there's a baby on the way and it is a miracle. It is a ministry. It is an anointing of the Spirit of God. Say it, Holy Spirit. Fall on me. Now we see he went out a little further into the river. And now the waters were too deep to ford. That word ford means that they could no longer be walked through. These waters were so deep they had to be swam in. Now he entered into a place in the anointing where his, where his physical, natural man was no longer in control. 
He was in the complete control of the river. And God wants to take every person in this place to that place of anointing where you are controlled by the Spirit of God. Listen, church. We, we have seen, and, and I understand why many people are afraid of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, because we've seen a lot of strange things. Listen, every move of God has extremes. Every move of God has some, some people who go too far, who go a little bit on the weird side. There have been moves of God that are so powerful until somebody started barking like a dog in the, in the church, and then it was like, okay, this is weird. And they just went to the extreme. And you've got you to know that we are in a safe environment here at Kingsway Church. And there is a, a health that God has given to this body. But we're not looking for weird stuff. We're not looking for, for things that are in the extreme. Because you know the problem with, with Pentecostal extremes is that every time you get an extreme, you need another extreme just to make up for the last one. And everything's got to be more exciting and bigger and shinier than the last thing. And the last time I checked, that's what happens to addiction. Is that there's just a need for some more, some bigger. I got to have more. I got to have bigger. Listen, God's not interested in satisfying your fleshly appetite. He wants to do what he wants to do in your life. And you don't have to put on a show. You don't have to, you don't have, to have any fireworks or dynamite. All you need to do is let the Holy Spirit operate in your life. Listen. The Holy Spirit wants to operate in your life to the extent that you can be at H-E-B and see somebody who is unwell. And you don't have to start jerking and twitching and talking in tongues and dancing around in, on one leg. All you have to do is say, can I pray for you? I said, all you have to do is say, can I pray for you? Because what good is a show with no power? I said, what good is a show with no power? When you, when you walk in the anointing of the Spirit... There's no show. There's no desire to impress or to get noticed. It's a desire to see God glorified in that situation. And so I want to just encourage you with that. You don't have to worry about putting on a show. You don't have to worry about impressing God. All you need to do is get in the river. Because everything the river touches will have life. I said everything the river touches will have life. You can be in the aisles of the grocery store, and if the river is in you, that river is going to be bringing life. That river is going to be bringing the anointing of the Spirit of God and the power of that anointing into the average, everyday, ordinary experience of the people that are around you tonight. Now, I want you to stand with me, and I want you to come into this altar, and I want you to make some time to do business with God and just say, Lord, I need you to anoint my feet. I need you to anoint my knees. I need you to anoint my loins. I need you to take me deeper because there is something in this year that I need to do for you that I can't do without your anointing and without your power. Come on, if there's a hunger in you, get into this altar. Find a place to meet with God. Find a place to say, Lord, give me more. Take me deeper. Help me to leave aside the things that are distractions and discouragements because I want to be useful to you. Everything shall live where the river flows. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the Holy Spirit, the river of life, 
would flow through this place. I ask you that hungry hearts would be full to the brim. The thirsty souls, the people walking through wildernesses would find that there are streams in the desert, that there are highways in the wilderness, that there is a fresh flow of the anointing in their life. Listen, you don't have to perform. Listen to the word of the Lord. You don't have to impress God. All you have to do is believe and receive tonight. Just receive what he has for you. No more dryness. You've been operating too much out of what you know. Out of your experience. It's left you tired. It's left you weary. But everything shall live where the river flows.